Lexco is, I think, in that final stage, if you will, of transitioning from a, a silver developer, explorer developer, to a developer producer. As we advance the Keno Hill Silver District uh, back into uh, into production, with a uh, with a development decision um, uh, pending, and plans to be uh, producing silver again in the third quarter of this year. Obviously, I'll be making some forward-looking statements. I'm sure you've seen this a number of times already. So you know, Alexco is uh, you know a really I think a unique. Um, a, a unique company in the in the silver space. There are literally less than you know this many companies in the industry that are really primary silver producers that have more than fifty percent of their revenue that comes from silver. So so Alexco offers the highest leverage, the highest beta uh, to the silver price um, of, of anyone in the industry. Um, we've got I think a great project, a very high grade uh, district, and we're in the Yukon. Obviously, jurisdictional risk is a, is a real issue. Um, and uh, again, we're not only in Canada, we're in the, we're in the Yukon. We've got what we call, a, 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 I think, a right-sized project for Alexco. Um, we've designed this mine plan and this, this project um, for low capital on, on the front end um, and, and high margin. While at the same time, you know, we're maintaining a lot of optionality and a lot of scalability um, with, with additional resources. I think obviously exploration has been the backbone um, to this company over the, over a number of years, um, and we now have 100 million ounces, just over 100 million ounces of silver in all categories, um, and, and within that 100 million ounces is a 30 million ounce uh, reserve uh, within the mine plan. Again, we've talked about our leverage to the price of silver. We'll look a little bit uh, later on that, and we've got a great environmental business. You know, we don't talk about it a lot, uh, but Alexco Environmental Group. It's a subsidiary business that we own 100% of. Um, it has up to 90 employees now. It's gonna do $30 million in revenue in 2019. Um, and it's a great, uh, great business for a junior company. Maybe I'll uh, just give you an update on what we've accomplished in, uh, in 2019. Um, again, we did uh, release a pre-feasibility study in March of uh, 2019, filed that in May. I'll talk about that uh, about that plan, but that's an eight-year uh, uh, mine plan uh, within the district that uh, that includes four four separate deposits. We've been systematically de-risking um, this this project uh, last summer and into the into the third quarter. Um, there were a number of surface infrastructure projects that we completed at the Birmingham deposit. Um, again, just kind of a, a phased, systematic approach, uh, kind of advancing towards that final decision. Certainly, permitting has been a, a lot of questions on the on the process of, of permitting uh, uh, with our Birmingham deposit. Um, I think we've made uh, some significant progress uh, lately. We were granted a quartz mining license in December of this year, so that fully authorizes all mining to proceed in the district with all deposits. We still do need to finalize a water use license, um, and that's in the final stages as well. So it's not only adding Birmingham to the into the water license, it's also a, a renewing all of the deposits within that district. And, and when we're finished with this, we'll have a 15-year water license um, uh, within the district. Again, I had a pretty successful exploration program last year. I'll, we'll be talking about some results, obviously. Drilled just over 8,000 meters of diamond drilling um, 2019. Um, and we, uh, we, we tried some rab drilling this year, about 3,000 meters of rab drilling. Um, 
which is I, th I think a new tool that the uh, you know the, the exploration team uh, uh, want to continue on, and uh, you know it's a it's much more cost effective uh, um, tool to, to gather some some valuable information. I think we've demonstrated the the opportunity at Birmingham with uh, some very high grade intercepts at this Birmingham deep target. Uh, we'll certainly take a look at that. We announced a new discovery it's called the Inca vein. Um, this is a new uh, a new high grade um, vein on Galena Hill um, that uh, we'll talk a little bit about. And then on the uh, more on the environmental side, um, for, for some of you that may not be familiar with Alexco, one of our responsibilities is uh, we have a contract with the government of Canada to clean up all the historic liabilities of this district from, from several decades. So that's made a lot of progress um, in 2019. We're just finishing up the environmental assessment process with that, the YESUB process. So we'll start ramping up some construction in the next year or two, so that's pretty exciting. And I do want to just add, you know, we, you know, we do have an excellent safety environmental record. I mean, even though we haven't been in production for the last uh, few years, there's been a lot of activity at site. You know, we've done over a kilometer of underground development. And during this time, again, maintained an excellent safety record over six years now without a lost time accident. So this is, uh, this is the Keno Hill Silver District. I know Greg uh, gave you a, you know, a similar, I guess, overview. Very large, well-known district. Our focus is over on the eastern side of this district uh, where we have the four deposits within this mine plan. Um, again, the, 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 the Keno Hill Silver District, you know, for being a, a northern project, a northern mine, um, we're very fortunate to have the infrastructure that we have in place. An all-season, year-round road uh, goes right through the district. We're 30 minutes away from a year-round airport, um, deep water port access in Skagway, and we're connected to the Yukon power grid. Um, so again, for, for northern operation, um, a, a lot of advantage uh, to, to where we're at. Again, uh, on the resource base, uh, just over 80 million ounces now of, uh, of indicated and, and inferred, inferred resources. So we'll talk a little bit about each one of these uh, four deposits that are in the mine plan. But it's really the Flame and Moth and Birmingham deposits that are, are really the, uh, the, the vast majority of the, of the mine plan going forward. So this is what our production profile looks like. Again, it's an eight-year uh, project uh, the way it stands right now. Um, just about 1.2 million tons of, of over 800 grams silver um, with about 6 to 7% base metal uh, credits that go along with that. Um, the strategy here, and we'll look at the schedule in a bit, but the strategy is there's about 40,000 tons of uh, remnant mining salvage tons at Belkino. Uh, we'll go in there early on, um, mine out those tons, and that's what we'll, we'll recommission the mill with. But again, really, it's, it's Birmingham and flame together. So, I mean, I mean think of this as flame, flame and moth is kind of the tonnage uh, the, um, of the mine plan, and, and Birmingham is the grade sweetener. And when you put these two two deposits together, you've, you've got a 400 ton per day um, mine uh, production profile that in the first couple years is over a thousand gram per ton uh, head grade. Again, what we you know, like to describe this, again, like I said, is, is kind of a right size project, um, about 23, 24 million dollars of capital um, to, to finish all the underground development. Um, there's some additional projects in the mill that, we, uh, that we're just starting to complete right now. And then there's some working capital in there. Um, so again, a fairly low capital on the, on the front end, but over a 70% uh, rate of return. So again, a lot of work has been done and that's why the, the schedule is uh, fairly, fairly quick to be back in production. We've put over a kilometer of underground development in these two new deposits in the last uh, couple of years. 
This is what the silver production profile looks like. Again, these are silver ounces. These aren't silver equivalents. I mean, a lot of people talk about equivalents, but uh, you know, this is a primary silver uh, uh, production profile. So, um, you know, once we're up in, uh, in up and scaled up, we'll be uh, you know over four million ounces per year. Um, again, of, of silver on an annual basis, and I you know I would say that you know by any measure that's a that's a very meaningful production for a, for a single uh, silver operation. Certainly, our focus, uh, you know, once this thing is back into production, is to is to look after the back end of that uh, that plan, um, bring in some of these additional resources, and uh, uh, so we don't have that tail off on, on, on those on those later years. Um, we do have a, a significant amount of base metal credits that are associated with this uh, with this plan. Uh, um, you know, 10 to 12 million pounds each uh, per year of, of lead and zinc. Um, but again, by any measure, this is a primary producer with over 75% of our of our revenue uh, will be coming um, from silver uh, alone. Um, this is what the cost profile looks like. Again, you know, we are not the we are not the cheapest uh, developer producer out there. Um, you know, but we are in the north, and with when what what comes with that is is some 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 higher costs. But I think we've always been pretty transparent on how we kind of present our, 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 our cost basis. This is an all-in sustaining cost. So you've got about $10 uh, per ounce um, with your direct costs and your smelter, the TCRCs. Um, you know, that market, those, you know, those smelter charges have been, have been moving in the last several months. Unfortunately, not in the, in the right direction for us. Uh, um, but we do get, a, again, significant byproduct credit, about five, five bucks an ounce on the, on the lead and zinc credit. Um, we do have a, a stream on this project. Uh, Wheat and Precious Metals has a uh, has a, a, a variable production stream where uh, um, they're entitled to 25% of the silver ounces in exchange for a variable um, uh, payment to us. So that accounts for about two and a half dollars per ounce. And then because we're a single asset company, um, you know, we put all of our site GNA, all of our corporate GNA in our exploration. That's all built into this into this cost profile. Um, you know, so yeah, at the end of the day, we're an 11 half to $12 all in sustaining cost producer. So take a little bit, a uh, little more look at uh, the deposits, uh, you know, Flame and Moth in Birmingham. So this is a long section of, of uh, Flame and Moth. As I said, um, we, we put over 400 meters of development um, into Flame and Moth already. So this is a, about a 3.7 by 4.2 meter primary decline. Um, so all of that infrastructure is in place. Um, so once we, uh, you know, fire back up, uh, you know, resume activity, it's a pretty quick uh, kind of ramp up period because of the development that's already com been completed. Flame and Moth is, is you know, fairly thick uh, vein, you know, compared to most of the historic veins in, in the district. The average kind of vein width at Flame and Moth is about four and a half to five meters. You know, several areas were up to seven to eight meters in, in, uh, in thickness. Mining method here is about 65% cut and fill and, uh, and about 35% or so um, long haul. And then on the right-hand side, you can see the, uh, the portal that was established uh, several years ago. And on the bottom, uh, in, in, in the, you know, we'll certainly talk about Birmingham as well. It's, this, it's the same story, if you will, is, is the scalability. But uh, you know, less than 50% of the resource at, uh, at uh, Flame and Moth is currently in the, in the mine plan. You can see the dark red, um, that's the reserve along with, this, with, the, with all of the development. 
Um, and all of that kind of pinkish color around that is, is all indicated resource. So that's, uh, you know, that's certainly the focus when we're, when we're back into production is to, uh, you know, as we, as, we, as we gain experience and drive our operating costs down, um, look to unlock some of those, those indicated resource back into the mine plan. Similar view at uh, Birmingham. This is the uh, long section look at uh, Birmingham. Um, again, this is the grade sweetener. So this is a, a narrow vein uh, type deposit, you know, three to four type uh, meters of, of, of width here. So the mining method here will be more geared towards cut and fill. About 75% uh, of, uh, of this is cut and fill with the rest being, uh, being long hole. And you can see the portal on the, on the right-hand side. That was some of the work that I talked about earlier in terms of kind of de-risking. So uh, we've upgraded that portal from an exploration portal now to a, to a long-term uh, production uh, profile. Um, again, similar, uh, only just, just over 30% of the resource um, at Birmingham is, is currently in, that, in the mine plan. And that is by design, um, like I said, to really minimize the upfront capital, maximize the return, um, and then look to, uh, to bring in some of those, those additional resources once we're back into production. We'll talk a little bit about this Birmingham deep target. I just kind of want to show you in relation to the current uh, mine plan and resources where that, uh, where that uh, deep target uh, would be sitting. Again, just a summary uh, again of the, uh, the additional resources um, that, are, that are not in this current plan um, that uh, again provides that kind of optionality and scalability um, once we are back into production. In terms of metallurgy, um, this is a very valuable, I guess, premium concentrate. Um, the, the, the grade of this concentrate, you know, 50 to 55% lead uh, with over 16,000 gram per ton silver. So there is not another concentrate, you know, certainly that uh, we're aware of on the market today um, with those types of silver grades. So there's a lot of interest by the, you know, by the off takers the smelters um, had a lot of discussions. We've kind of, I think, whittled that down to a, to a couple of uh, offtake uh, um, companies, and we'll be finalizing those, I guess, those agreements in the, in the next uh, couple of months here. So, again, this gets trucked to the uh, to the port of Skagway, um, and then from there, uh, you're you're on you're on deep water, and you can really go anywhere in the world. So this is what our production kind of schedule um, uh, looks like uh, right now. Um, again, we, we've kind of broken this up into a phased approach. You know, we're, we're still in this phase one um, and just starting into what we would call phase two. So, uh, again, completed a number of projects this summer. Um, did receive our quartz mining license in, in December of this year. But at the end of the day, you know, we are not going to, you know, make a final production decision until we have that water license in hand which we still believe um, is, you know, can be completed in, the, in, in this quarter, the first quarter of, of this year, because you know, I'm sure you can appreciate, we, we, you know, we have to know what all the final terms and conditions of that renewed license are um, in order to go back underground. So again, we, we do anticipate that in the, you know, uh, sometime at the end of, end of the first quarter. Um, we are starting to, I guess, ramp up uh, at site with some, some key hires. Um, just hired a VP of operations, uh, Wayne Zagarlik. So very happy to have Wayne Wayne aboard. So I think you can you can see that uh, you know we are we are starting to head in, in, in into that direction without a without a final decision yet. So again, the strategy: go into Belkino, salvage those tons, um, and then commission this mill with Flame and Moth and Belkino together. Take the mining crews and, and go to uh, Birmingham, finish up the development. I mean, right now. 
Um, I don't think I pointed it out on that previous slide. Uh, the end of that decline at uh, Birmingham, we're standing back about 75 meters from the ore at Birmingham. So it's a pretty quick you know, uh, period to, to finish up the development there. So again, uh, you know, assuming a positive decision here in, in the shorter term, um, the schedule would have us producing concentrate, shipping concentrate in the third quarter of 2020. Turn the attention a little bit to, uh, to exploration. Um, again, I think uh, there's a, been a lot of value, um, I, I guess, into this company off, off the back of the, uh, the, of the drill bit and the geologists. You know, when we came into this district in 2000, 2006, 2007, there were no, you know, modern 43101 resources on the books. You know, so we've systematically every year, um, we, we've, we've always been committed to exploration. And I think you can see the, uh, uh, the return on that, on, on that effort, if you will. Um, you know, now over 80 million ounces of, of silver in, in indicated and inferred. Um, we'll talk a bit in, on what our exploration uh, plans are for, uh, for 2020. Um, we won't be, you know, we, we won't be updating resources right now for the work that we did in 2019. So, uh, um, so for now, that's the, the, the kind of the current uh, resource that you see. So this Birmingham deep target, this is something we talked about last year in terms of kind of a geological model um, that our exploration uh, team was, uh, was quite, uh, I, I guess, quite adamant that we, that we follow up with. And that's really starting to, 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 to look at uh, the mineralization at, at more the very top end of the, of the favorable uh, quartzite that you see at, at Hector Calumet. So again, you see where the current reserves and resources are at Birmingham. And I just point out some of these intercepts that we uh, released uh, last year, um, you know, over eight meters true width of, you know, 1400 gram silver, you know, a meter of about 2500 grams. So we're going to follow this up uh, for sure this year. Um, but this is, you know, is, is obviously a longer term target. It's not going to change our plans in the short term in terms of the mine plan and, and getting underground. Um, you know, these are fairly deep holes. These are 650 kind of meter holes. Um, so we'll continue to drill some of this from surface. It'll be very wide space. But once we're, but, you know, underground, um, it will be much closer to this thing. It'll be much more cost effective to drill this from underground. Uh, this Inca vein. So again, this was a discovery that was made uh, this last year. And this really is a direct result of some of the airborne geophysics uh, that we completed um, in 2018, um, as well as I think, you know, just a continued better understanding, understanding of the structural controls um, of the mineralization uh, in this district. Um, again, you can see some of the intercepts here, um, you know, over five meters of 600 gram, you know, seven meters of over 800 grams. Um, so the plan this year is to put about another 1500 meters um, from surface, obviously, uh, into this discovery. It's still going to be very wide spaced. I don't think we'll come out with, uh, you know, a resource uh, in 2020 on this. Um, you know, I like it, uh, you know, in, in terms of its location. It's on Galena Hill and it's about 200 meters off the haul road that we just completed. So we, you know, so we now have a haul road that goes from Birmingham all the way to the mill and it's accessed off of, uh, off of this target. So again, we'll certainly be following up with this, with this new, uh, this new discovery at Inca. Just maybe a little bit back more to that deep target. Um, and it, this is a kind of a more simplistic cutaway to just again, reinforce uh, why we uh, are, are pretty, pretty excited about this Birmingham deep target. Um, you know, I think as Greg mentioned, there's, there's been over 200 million ounces of silver that have been produced 
out of this district over decades. Um, the, the single largest of that was Hector Calumet, about 98 million ounces. And this deep target is just getting into the upper elevations of that most favorable basal quartzite. So you can see again the location of Hector Calumet, Calumet and, and the stratigraphy and where this Birmingham deep target is. So in terms of exploration plans for 2020, you know, we've budgeted about a $3.5 million uh, program for this year. Um, you know, that'll be broken up into a number of, like, I think, different uh, separate programs. We'll put over 3,000 meters into some additional diamond drilling um, at that Birmingham deep target, you know, so that'll give us another at least half a dozen holes um, into that area. Um, we're obviously going to follow up with that Inca vein discovery, another 1,500 meters or so there. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're always going to continue on the generative, uh, I guess, program. Um, you know, when, when you look at, you know, a discovery like Birmingham that we made probably, you know, four to five years ago, um, by the time you drill these targets off, you know, permit them, get them into mine plan, that's a four to five year process. So even though we have an eight year project right, right now, we do need to be always looking ahead um, on where that, uh, I guess, that next, next target comes from. Um, we will complete the rest of our claim block in terms of an, air, an additional airborne geophysics. Again, it's, it's, it, it's already proved very, very valuable in terms of the, the discovery at Inca. So uh, we've got some areas in, in the claims that we, uh, we want to fill some holes in, so we'll do that. Again, like I said, the, the exploration guys have been, uh, been um, pretty excited about using the RAB uh, uh, drilling to, to more of a generative type of, of tool that, that, that's much, much cheaper. See my lights flashing up here, so we'll kind of we'll wrap it up here with uh, with the environmental business. Um, again, it's it's a great business. We probably don't get a lot of credit for it. We don't talk about it enough, but it's but it's a company that's going to do about thirty million dollars in revenue in two thousand nineteen. You know, we're putting all that revenue, all those margins, right back into continuing to grow that business. Um, I did talk a little bit about uh, leverage to silver. So really, the message here is is if you're bullish on silver. Um, you certainly want exposure to a, to a primary silver producer. You can see all these great companies uh, you know, listed here, but at the end of the day, like I said, there are very few primary silver producers left in this industry, and we are by far the, the highest margin in terms of our relationship to silver price and, and uh, share price appreciation. Um, and share structure, you know, capital position at about $12 million at the end of the third quarter. That's obviously going to be a little less now. We haven't uh, released our, our year-end financials yet. So um, other than that, we do have a, we have a term sheet uh, that we can draw down on when we make a production decision and about 120 million shares out. So um, again, for a, for a company that's about to really go back in production, that's a pretty tight uh, uh, capital structure. So thank you.